Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is... Um, Alicia Purdy, who ran for mayor in the city of Albany. So, Alicia, I'm sure you learned a lot. So, what? What? Describe to me the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Thank you for having me on, Cynthia. Yes, there is plenty of good, plenty of bad, and plenty of ugly that I I learned and saw on the Albany mayoral campaign. Um, I will say the, let's start with the ugly. The ugly that I I learned or experienced on the campaign was um, the really sad reality that 7,900 people in the city of Albany control a city of almost 100,000 people, 7,900 people. That's, I think that's something very ugly um, in the city of Albany that such a, a such a small and very specific demographic of of voter is truly what's in power in Albany. Um, that's the ugly. Let's talk about the bad. The bad of running is um, how many people in Albany are really um, they really do want something to change, but but it's hard for them to embrace to embrace something different because of so long of a period of time in Albany. Um, of of corruption and kind of the stronghold that that politics in Albany has had on people, and I would say the good is um, the biggest good out of all the things I learned is that, you know, I was I was a complete unknown when I stepped into this. I didn't have a you know some long history um, of prominence in the city of Albany. I was kind of an average citizen, and you know, 2,245 people voted for me, and I thought that that was wonderful because I didn't meet that many people and I thought somehow the message of Operation Transform and Transformation got out to to way more people than I could have reached on my own and I thought that was a really good thing. I thought it was very showing, it showed a strong presence of people who um, really did not know me as a person or they didn't get to know me, but they, they really were looking for something different and something transformative. I thought that was a beautiful thing. And I think it's um, a testament to continuing forward. There are people, they are there and they did speak. So I thought that was a beautiful thing. The overall attitude towards people, um, you said there was only not, uh, not many people that you would have liked to, to vote. With the people that you did speak to, the people that you are kind of like try to get that feel of what's happening in their world in the city of Albany, what was the overall feeling that people had in Albany? 
was it uh uh looking forward towards the future was it um not looking towards the future was it apathy was it anger was it happiness describe in your opinion the people that you spoke to what the overall feeling was well, the the sad thing is that the overall feeling in Albany is people are done with the city of Albany and they're voting with their feet. That's that's really what I saw was a lot of people ha- were kind of had their eye on the city of Albany to see where it would go, but they already have one foot out the door. And that was very, um, very telling of people I stirred I know that I stirred a hope in people that things could transform and it had I won the election the city of Albany would be on a different trajectory for several reasons but but what happened what's going to happen in the end is people are simply going to leave that's definitely the sentiment is they were like well I'll wait it out you know like we're already kind of moving along here yeah, there's an election, and I actually had people say, you know what, I'll be gone by the time the election gets here. So people are voting. They're voting with their feet, and the sentiment I encountered more often than not was they they were willing to wait and see, but they didn't have a lot of hope that they were kind of already leaving anyway. Would you say that the elected officials um, with us, likened it to is like every election it's like a certain handful of uh, people play musical jazz one year they'll run for this post and, and next year they'll run for something else do you think that the majority of pe- people who are elected really care about what happens to the people in the city of Albany Oh, well, I can't speak to their psychology. I really don't know what's going on in their heads, but I I think that whatever the agenda is, um, that they get involved in politics or even that they stay, you know, in, in city governance for so long, it's definitely misguided in terms of any good that they're trying to do. Um, they, they overstay, people overstay their welcome. That happens on both sides of the equation, but people overstay their welcome and they become complacent, they become fat on the wealth, of the people and it to me it doesn't matter what party you're on it doesn't matter what um what your position is on anything i think there should be limitations i was very open about that on my campaign there needs to be limitations in in how you spend your time in governance because after a while you stop becoming a representative of the people and that's what elected officials should be they should be representing people and they forget themselves along the way so it doesn't matter to me where they bounce around the the bottom line is at some point i believe enough is enough people need to move along and say well you know you you're allowed to serve in three things in you know for however long whatever that is you can serve in three ways and other than that you need to get into the support system of governance i think that it's there's too much no matter who you are these legacy elected officials need to go so 
Do you believe in term limits? Oh, absolutely. I was extremely, extremely vocal about that um, all throughout my campaign. I absolutely believe in term limits. And had I won for mayor, one of the things that I planned to do up front would be to institute mayoral term limits. Do you believe that term limits will will only make it worse because, you know, people say, oh, why should I vote? That that person will be out of office in X number of years. Do you think that is going to increase the laziness and apathy of people who should be looking at the issues, who should be looking at the candidates and making informed decisions? Well, I think if it's bad enough, people will ultimately do that anyway. Um, But people should, first of all, yes, they should get to know their candidate. But when you have term limits, what happens is hopefully a good leader, you could have, it could certainly move into the chaotic realm where, you know, every eight years we have complete and total upheaval. But the way that I see it, is what a good leader needs to do with term limits is say, well, I have eight years to lay an infrastructure or the groundwork for something. And during those eight years, I'm going to raise up 10 different people who, who understand, you know, these principles that I use to guide my administration, or they have these, these different ideas and plans and platforms. And we figured out something that works so that when it's, you know, the mayor's turn to step down, you have any number of really qualified people who can continue forward a successful plan. That's really the hope. Um, And people should get to know their, we certainly have seen that we have a city of people who don't know their candidates at all, not at all. And that's been a problem because people vote, you know, they vote for different reasons, but one of the things that they mistake is in thinking that they know their candidate when they do not. Well, we're now soon after the election of citywide races and, and chem council races in the city of Albany. When did you decide to, to, to throw your hat in the ring? Uh, it was after Christmas of last year. It was something oh, that I thought okay. I had been mulling over for quite a while and it had just gotten to the point where it was so bad that I thought, well, we have an election coming up. And I think if I want to sit here like everybody else does and complain about all that's wrong, um, I need to be willing to be part of the solution. Do you think now that the election is over and you got a, you know, good check of votes, would you say you are part of the solution? I guess it depends on how you calculate what you wanted to achieve in the first place. Um, There are a number of things I absolutely count as a win here in the city of Albany that I accomplished in my campaign. Um, Did I win the seat of mayor? No, but I do not count what I accomplished as a loss either. There are a number of things I set out to do on this campaign and one of them was to win the seat of mayor, but that was not all that I set out to do. Now, no, I asked you what you thought of the mindset of the people 
What's your mindset from the time you declared your your candidacy right on the corner of where I live until today? What have you What have you learned about the city, the people, everything? What's your impression from February of no less this past year, right? Until today, what have you learned? What's the important lesson that you take away from this race that people should be aware of? I think the most important lesson is you can disrupt the system. And there are plenty of things that an average individual can do in the city of Albany, include running a very ambitious campaign you can do a lot more on your own than you think you can. I think a lot of people take a step back or feel like, you know, politics maybe isn't for them for reasons, including money or connections or power. And what I absolutely proved is in order to be effective and to really shake things up, you don't need any of that. You don't need all kinds of money. Now money is a component and in the end, whether or not money won the race, doesn't matter. I was able to be in the race and be a viable competitor, and certainly anyone paying attention knows I caused a rumble all through City Hall the entire time of my campaign. And I'm extremely proud of that. And what I've shown people is that if you really want to make some noise, go ahead and make it. You should not be afraid to challenge and call out the status quo just because you think they have more money and more power than you. They're still human beings at the end of the day and they need to be held in check. And that's what I did. You know, there's been one party rule in, in this city of Albany for a hundred years now. And the longer this goes on, the more people say, oh, nobody from a different party can win. It's strictly Democrat. What do you say to that? Well, I don't believe it, but I believe that people believe it. Um, I am definitely not somebody who goes quietly into the night. And what I believe is that, so I did all that I accomplished was a great deal. And I accomplished it in 11 short little months. And with more time, in the future, um, certainly much more damage can be heaped upon the system. And this really is a matter of going after what you want to see. And time is of the essence. Certainly, I've learned a lot of lessons about relationship building. Um, I've learned a couple little nuggets along the way of how to appeal to people and convince them and win them to your side when you're very opposite. But I think that if there's there are people who want um, something greater, it's within their grasp. Breaking through hopelessness in Albany was one of the biggest challenges of this campaign because people do have that hopelessness and waking them up to their own power was quite a challenge. And um, I think there's more work to be done there for sure. But I think that the vote showed people are waking up. And I think that's exciting. Now, one of the things that was said, uh, I was 
I did election night coverage on, on WCA, and my friend Jason Mufford was there. And one of the phrases that he used was learned helplessness. What do you say about that phrase? And does it strictly, I mean, does it pertain to the city of Albany, and what can be done to change that? Well, what can be done, I think we all struggle with learned helplessness in some area, but and we have to confront that in and of ourselves. But what can be done in the city of Albany is we need more people to challenge the status quo and to show people you are not helpless. And, you know, this these kind of things, they didn't get, we didn't get here overnight. These are things that maybe take a generation to transform, but there's no reason to shrink back just because it didn't transform in 11 little months in one electoral campaign. No way. This is to say, we put a, we put a, a crack in this dam. Let's keep going. So that's how you, that's how you overcome learned helplessness is you show people over time and then you raise up a new generation over time of people who are not helpless and they're empowered. And that's something I tried to speak about a lot on my campaign was to empower people. And that something that would be a hallmark of my campaign would be the empowerment of people. But um, this is not an overnight process. This is maybe, like I said, a generation long process. And it does take more than one person. It's going to take other people who are not helpless. I am not helpless. And I don't see myself as helpless. I don't see as things as being beyond my control at all. I don't as a person in life in general, and I don't in the political sphere. So I'd love to pay that forward to, to people. They're out there. There are people who are not helpless, who don't see themselves as helpless, and who are willing to fight. You know, one of the things, I've been an observer and a participant in politics for many years and one of the things that I've seen over and over again is a candidate runs for office, they don't win, and then they go away. To the people that go away, do you think that the status quo is happy that they go away? What do you think? Of course. Of course the status quo is happy that they go away. Um, the the best thing that can happen to people in power is that those people that are challenging their power go away. Yes, absolutely, they're happy. They're probably toasting champagne every time it happens, and and it's sad that it does happen. And I can see why. It's it can be exhausting. It can be overwhelming. It takes a certain personality. It takes a certain everything to be successful, and it does take time. And so. Challenging the status quo, first of all, is not for the faint of heart, but continuing build on that momentum does take a certain type of person. So people fade away for whatever reason. Maybe they, you know, had a family circumstance, whatever that is that people fade away. Um, They do. And I definitely anyone in power would be thrilled for that because what this challenger to the status quo represents is the exposure of their corruption and the loss of their power. Anybody in power doesn't want that. You know, uh, a a shining example of that would be Jesse Calhoun. He had run several times for office in the city of Albany. And he, he, he started out running for common council president. Then he moved. 
do you think that he got so disillusioned with politics the way they were in Albany that he threw up his hands and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I know you can't get into his head, but what's your feeling? I definitely can't get into his head. I have absolutely no idea the the true answer to that question. But if that were the case, I would understand. I would I would understand and say, oh, I can see why you feel that way. Now, whether or not he does, I don't know, because he's got his own life to live. But I think what happens with people is he's tried for a number of things. Like I said, it does take a certain person. It does. It does. And I think people don't know that about themselves until they go do it. I had a lot of people try to tell me what to do and what I should do and, and give me advice. And it was very well intentioned, but at the end of the day, I'm the one running. I'm the one actually doing the work. And that burden is a heavy one to bear. So if somebody does get burned out, I have no judgment for that. I have nothing but, but compassion and understanding. And um, I've heard from a lot of candidates, a lot of candidates, that that is real. It's a very real way to feel following a campaign, especially if you've lost, you know, like the story of Abraham Lincoln, he kept running and running and running however many times you ran and he finally, you know, he finally made it. And that was great. And he was super effective, but I don't know what somebody pulls from with deep in within themselves to, to keep going because, you know, once you've ran a campaign and you have to look back and say, you know, evaluate, what did you do? Do I want to do this again? It was expensive. It cost me all this money. You know, it cost, what did it cost my family? Those are really important questions, and they're unique to everybody. I had run for office a number of years ago before the Internet, and things were a little bit different back then, but I'd say that Running for office is one of the hardest things that a person can do. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I've done a lot of hard things in my life, and this is definitely one of the harder things I've done because the duration is is really taxing. Just the sheer amount of physical, emotional, mental um, output, as you know, it's it's very, very taxing on your mind, body, and spirit, on your family, on your resources. It's a lot. It's a lot. So you have a you have a large brood. You 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 have your mom, your husband. Have they been inspired to do anything because of your efforts? Yeah, yeah, actually, for sure they have, um, and that remains to be seen what they'll do, but certainly those conversations have come up, and it's not just my family. It's really been uh, people at my church, people that I go to the gym with. This has been people across the board in my life who have said, you know, I always thought I could run for this or that. I always thought I'd like to. I even have several people in my life right now who are doing it. They're actually stepping up. They're already in talks of what they're going to do. Um, they've already reached out to their respective parties. They're making, they're making that headway because they know me. They know my life. They know what it's you know, kind of cost me as a person. They know my commitment and how hard I've worked. And they realize, I think I could do this too. And, and I've really 
doubled down. If somebody even expresses a tiny bit of interest, I'm like, let's talk, let's go for coffee because I would love to see more people step up and do this. And I think that's a place I could do some serious damage to the status quo, Cynthia. So even though you did not win the seat for mayor, would you, would you, do you think you made a difference this year? And if I think so, I did. how? Yes. Um, so one of the one of the things I'm definitely the most proud of in all of this is the um, whistleblower report that I put out. I spent 10 months building a case against the incumbent mayor, a case of, of strong corruption. Um, and I know that it's made a difference, and I'm happy with the outcome. I'm at peace with the way that the election went. Um, I had settled up a long time ago, a long time ago that whether or not I won the actual seat of Albany, I would still win. And the city of Albany, even more so, would still win. Because I realized early on this was a, a very big deal in terms of the job. It was an enormous job to win. I understood all of that when I went in. And I decided that if I lost, mayor of Albany, the actual physical seat, that I would not go quietly. And I consider that a win. So what's in your future, Alicia? Too early to tell? (laughs) Yes, it is too early to tell. I have I've taken some time off and I'm actually still technically on my, my personal time off. I decided to just take a step back evaluate my options. A lot of things have come at me in terms of opportunity. And I just don't know. I think it's too soon to tell. I think I'd like to take some time and consider what sounds interesting, what sounds important. And like I said, my job going forward is to cause damage to the status quo. And what that looks like, I don't know, but I can. I said this before. I'll say it again. This is not my final chapter. Well, you're too young to say it's your final chapter. Uh, politically so, speaking, this is not my final chapter in Albany. It's not my final chapter in any of it. It's not. Okay. So, are you still going to keep your Facebook page up and your your website up? Yes. Oh, yeah. It'll all stay up there. It'll stay up for the record for sure. And a lot of there's a lot of valuable information there, and it needs to stay. It needs to stay for the record. Absolutely. Okay. So, one final thought. Your overall impression of the past year. Um. I will say this, not to not to put too fine a point on it, I think this past year for me personally, I think for the city of Albany, I think politically, in, in every way that I could possibly think of, I think it's been transformative. For you as a person? All of it, yes, really. I have been, I've really been very transformed by this process. 
in, in ways I think I'm still unpacking, but absolutely from the, from the get go, I thought I'm not going to be the same after this in a good way. So if somebody would like to reach out to you, contact you, um, wish you well, whatever, how could they reach you? They should still come over at this point over to transformalbany.com and use the contact form and come find me that way. As of right now, that's like I said, I'm still evaluating a lot of options and all that information is going to stay up there. So I'll always be reachable that way. Great. Transformalbany.com. You've been listening to mayoral candidate Alicia Purdy. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Alicia, good job. Thank you for being on on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.